Welcome to the Hypothalamic Amenorrhea Podcast. I'm Danny Sheriff, your host, certified fertility awareness practitioner, functional nutrition counselor, and founder of the HA Society, and of course, an HA recovery coach who has walked where you currently are walking. This is the place to come if you care about getting your period regularly. This podcast aims to educate, inform, and keep you motivated on your period and HA recovery track. So let's dive in. But last thing, nothing on the show should be taken as medical advice. So please seek the advice of your physician. Are you listening to this show hoping to get some golden nuggets to help you on your way to recovery? Well, great. I hope that you find them because that is exactly what this show is for. But if you really want to take your recovery all the way, completely commit and get on track with your goals, whether they be finally feeling overall healthy, finally getting pregnant, or finally getting back to training, you'll want to join us inside of the HA Society. Not only is this the perfect community to ask questions and get your support and the accountability that you so often need during these uphill battles with body image and understanding nutrition and incorporating exercise, but it's also a hub of exclusive resources for HAs. All of the HA podcast episodes are released in advance and completely ad-free, so you can listen on the go to the raw, unedited versions uninterrupted. All of the one-on-one coaching calls, of which we have two a week in different time zones, are uploaded to our private podcast feed so that you can listen to events with practitioners and the past community calls as though they were bonus podcast episodes, because I know how much you love to listen to this kind of stuff. And in these calls, we cover requested topics like overcoming the weight gain fears, communicating with friends and family about RHA, diving into how HA works, and debunking the imposter syndrome that so many of us have around this diagnosis. There's also an entire resources section with lectures, workshops, and training from the past events that are hosted by experts like Sarah Liz King, Laura Lyons, Kaylee McDevitt, Holly Dunn, and many more. As a member, you also get direct access to myself and Coach Ashley in the DMs. So if you have personal questions or need individualized advice about your recovery, we're in there answering your questions in the DMs, as are all of our other members in the group who impress me week after week with how they show up for each other. It's incredible. It's like women are just all becoming mini coaches for each other. It's so good. The HA Society is really the place to be if you're going through recovery, no matter what stage you're at. Whether you have HA or you've got a few recovery periods, we have your back and we're all your new best friends. So come and meet us at thehasociety.com forward slash join. That's thehasociety.com forward slash join and the link is in the show notes for you okay on with the show oh it's over here hello everyone welcome back to the ha podcast i'm very excited about today's episode and i know i probably say that all the time but it's especially true because this is one that's been a long time that we've been waiting right we've been waiting to like have this person on the show and tell her story. I'm just so excited. Just well, that that's all I can really say about it. Well, welcome, Elizabeth. Hi, Danny. Thanks for having me. Yes. Um, I feel like I've known you now for like two years or something. Yes. And a lot your story is even begins much, much before that. So I would love for you to introduce yourself, who you are, where you're from, and kind of where all this started and just tell, just tell the listeners what happened with you. Yeah. Thank you, Danny. So I'm Elizabeth. I'm from Austria. I'm currently 38 years old. Um, my HA story started over oh, 15 years ago. So when I graduated from school, I had a couple of um, illnesses. I had to take um, antibiotics for a while and that all triggered my um, my gut to go haywire. So I had a lot of gut issues. 
Um, and those caused panic attacks, which caused uh, trouble with food. So it initially started very innocent with just panic attacks from eating. And that's how I spiraled into an eating disorder um, without even knowing that. And that went on for a while until I found out what, what I could and couldn't eat. Um, yeah, that's, it's been yeah, probably around 10 years where I just lived with it without thinking anything about it. Doctors told me it's fine if you don't want children right now. It's, we can do something eventually when, when you get there. Um, I did have one random period in between while I was traveling. I was living in the States. I was leading a happy life. I'm just, I didn't care much about what I was doing. So I just, yeah, I didn't connect the dots back then. So I just figured, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm able to have a period. If anything, I even thought, oh, something's wrong because there's, there's a period. So yeah, and back then it wasn't really important. It was out of focus. Um, so yeah, then I met my boyfriend, now husband. Um, and then when babe, when a baby becomes relevant and you realize, okay, I'm not really fertile and you're very into, you're in a fitness routine, you're in a diet routine. And then all of a sudden you realize, okay, is this how I want, this, how I want to spend the rest of my life? Um, yeah, and that's when I started to look into first um, bone health recovery and then I found out about HA and then I tackled HA recovery. Okay. So how did you find out about HA? Like what was the triggering event there? So I started with a Facebook group about bone health and um, mm. then I found out about secondary amenorrhea, female athlete triad. Um, then I joined um, an HA group where I found a person who is, well, she, she has the same background story as I do. And she was a marathon runner, recently had a baby. So I thought mm, it worked for her. So maybe I can do what she does. And we just did one discovery call to figure out if we were a match. And only from this, I think it was a 15 or 20 minute call. Um, just from this call alone, I realized what I need to do. So that opened my eyes exactly to what was going on. And I thought, okay, I'm going to do anything that it takes to get my period back and to recover, um, which looks differently for everyone, as we know. And yeah, I tried everything possible without having to gain weight because <laughs> this is something that we all don't want to do at the beginning. Um, so yeah, that, that's how I got started. And it went on for a while. So I tried doing a little bit of doing, doing a little bit less uh, working out. I didn't start eating more at the beginning because I figured if I just skip a workout a week, it's going to be fine, um, which is obviously not the truth, um, at least not for many of us. And yeah, I listened to all the podcasts out there. This is how I found you. And I think after like half a year or so, I realized, okay, this is not working. I need to do something more. I need some, some support. I need a surrounding that supports me because my friends and family weren't really that supportive because who understands that you need support if you tell them, I need to work out less and I need to eat more. Everyone says, uh -huh, I wish. Yeah, like, like how do you even support someone doing that? Like, I Exactly, mm -hmm. exactly. And then you also... There's, there's the people who don't understand. And then there's, there's those people who feel like one, one friend even said, you don't have to gain weight. You're fine. You look fine. I feel and like I remember I, that. I yeah. remember, that was like a big one for you. And then I had gained, that was in the beginning that I only had gained five pounds. And she just said, without me addressing the issue, she said, I think it's enough now. You don't have to gain more weight. And she kept calling. I remember me. that. And that was like last, early last year or the year before. Yeah. Yeah. It's a long was, time ago. She's no longer my friend now, by the way. Yeah. yeah. No, that was, that was really hard. She kept calling me to go on bike rides with her and to go running. So yeah, it wasn't really, wasn't really successful. So yeah, then my husband wanted to support me, but he just didn't know how. So his support was being there when I needed him, but not pushing me in any direction. 
because he said I, I asked him later on why he wasn't more supportive and pushing me to just sit down and eat more and not go for a walk and he said I knew that he would do your thing and I also knew that telling you what to do would make you mad and angry and probably go into the other direction so that's why he just left it up to me which I now really appreciate but at the beginning I thought oh, he doesn't want me to gain weight he doesn't want me to lose my abs and stuff so yeah and that's that's why I finally decided to join the HA society and get the support I need from people that are in the same situation and that I can vent with when somebody when I when I don't want to bother the people around me which is basically what it is you can um take the pressure off the people around you in your real life and you have your I call it parallel life where you have your your people around you yeah it's like a it's definitely a separate world that's yeah, why like definitely. it's it's a community of people who get it um and this is a great sort of place to stop and focus a little on on what you were just saying right so you found a place to sort of relate on things that were hard for you and you mentioned some of those things that were hard for you which was like getting your husband to like fully understand how to support you um dealing with just like being around people and and friends and certain triggering events and and so I do remember I feel like the version of you today is very different to the one when we first met so we would have the community calls and you know it's a great opportunity for people to come up and be like hey this happened recently and it was hard for me and early on I remember some of them for you um for you which I'm happy to jog your memory if you want but maybe you remember um but you were always really good at kind of sharing things things that are going on and that was helpful because other people could relate to those too so at the time we're physically making the changes that you were hesitant to make were hard at that around that time what were some of those challenges and I'm curious a little more about like about your husband and how that evolved if at all along the way as well yeah so the hardest thing for me was wrapping my head around the fact that I needed to gain weight because I was very very attached to a certain body shape also because I did ballet for 25 years which like brands in your brain and then very stupid I was attached to my wardrobe and I could not imagine buying new things and growing out of things that was really hard um and very another very hard thing for me was stop stopping to measure my food my food intake calculate every calorie I put into my mouth um and also reducing exercise and for me it always was and it kind of still is I need numbers and plans for everything. So I cannot just, just say like, okay, I'm going to do this as of tomorrow. I need to make a plan and be like, okay, as of tomorrow, I'm only going to do yoga three times a week because this is something I stick to. So I had to make short-term goals that are really measurable. We all know those stupid smart goals, but I needed to have measurable goals um, written down where I could focus on because um, then I, I had to this um, rewarding feeling of sticking to a plan and checking off a box when I passed another week of only three of our workouts. So, or eating a certain amount of food. Um, and as hard as it was in the beginning, I started to enjoying the little treats that I never allowed myself to have before. So I would wake up in the morning, of course, knowing that this is not going to be forever because I was at the same time, cons very concerned about my health, um, which I'm going to come back to later. But I woke up and had a treat, Christmas treats or Easter treat, treats or whatever time it was. And I woke up and without feeling any guilt or feeling bad about it, I just had caramel chocolate bars at 6 a.m. in the morning because I knew, okay, if I want to do a stretching session or if I want to do yoga, I need to do this or chocolate chip cookies or whatever so and it was little by little I discovered the choice of being a normal person like having the street or 
just instead of doing this workout, sitting down and watching this movie or the, that TV show, or instead of working on my abs and my glutes at night, going out for drinks or a movie with friends. So it was like rediscovering life. And what another major thing was going, going um, out in restaurants. Because before that, I used, I mean, a lot of us do check menus before, see if there's anything safe we can have, where we can roughly estimate the calories that we are taking in. And I remember the first few times I was a little scared, but then I started enjoying things at restaurants and I was looking around at other people, smiling, happy in my plate then. And I I thought, why are they not happier about the fact that they can sit here and enjoy this? Why are you guys, how do you not see how special this is? Yeah. Yeah. I remember having my first ice cream. I don't know if you have Magnum ice cream in the States. We did. Well, we have it in Australia for sure. I don't know about the States. And there's like this double caramel white chocolate stuff. And I remember biting into this ice cream and I almost cried because it was so good. And I thought I'm, instead of being remorseful that, I did this to my body. I was happy about the fact that I could do this, like ex explore all the things for a second time. So I was sitting there at the restaurant smiling because I'm eating this and I'm eating that. And I was like, yeah, this is like discovering life new. Yeah. And how did your husband experience that too? Because I bet was, uh, I think it's always a big deal for them when we eat. He was super happy about it because eating out for him or food in general I think in Austria it's a very big deal like we are very food focused and um, he loves eating out or cooking at home and he was really happy that we could finally share food and that I would try something off his plate which I never did before and that was a big a big deal and he said I really enjoy eating out with you because now you don't just order one meal one dish but more and we can actually share and you try what I order and then yeah that the thing that was the last time I actually thought about what he thinks about all of this was when he said that I, I don't know how much weight I, I had gained but he said he likes me more now than ever before because I was curvier I didn't have that like bony structure and then I said why didn't you tell me this before I would have gained weight so much sooner um yeah but that goes to show that you shouldn't be projecting things on other people without yeah. knowing where they come from yeah that because that was a big thing for you was like what other people think right yeah. including your partner like what other other people going to think but you didn't ask them like you have no idea yeah we're just we're just inventing it. And I wonder how many people listening are using it as a crutch or genuinely believing that people will love them less and it's yeah. just false. And you could start by asking. Yeah. I actually asked one person, it was one of my closest male friends and back, back in the days, friend with benefits. And I thought, okay, I can ask him anything. I just want to know, because I had... 50 pounds more back then when this stuff was going on and I called him and I said okay um I'm going through something now and this question might be weird but what did you like about me back then what made you what made you attracted to me but he didn't get it and he said something I forgot what he really said but it was something completely not what I wanted him to say what I expected that showed me that he he didn't really know what was what I intended with the question. So I figured, okay, this is too complicated for people. Um, yeah, so I just stopped asking. Yeah, that, I mean, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. Also a tough question. I mean, what do you say to this? Yeah, yeah. Like we, we absolutely have to have compassion for like how this is coming across to other people and understanding too like this is our life and our world and this is just what's happening yeah. for us and yeah yeah it's this yeah, is get, time to concentrate on yourself exactly we get very focused about thinking about every possible situation that could happen when you interact with other people but in reality nobody cares nobody cares nobody realizes if you have five pounds or ten pounds more or less 
unless it's a person that sees you naked every day, and probably they don't even really do. Um, but we get so focused on everything because we focus on it. And therefore we think everyone's, everyone else's focus is on there. It's like having, having a spot on your shirt. You go out with a spot on your shirt and you feel like everyone's gonna look at this. And I look, I look like a pig because I just, yeah, there's something. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's systemic, right? Yeah. So I actually watched this terrible movie, but I just know that a lot of people listening have seen it too. Um, it's on Netflix. It's called 365 Days. Do you know it? I know it, but it's still on my watch list. I haven't watched oh, it. Okay. Okay. So that's three movies and I just finished the third one. <laughs> so we're not going to talk about that, but there's a scene in it um, where she's having lunch with her father and she goes, oh, I love eating out with you, dad. And he's like, well, why? And he goes, because I can eat as much as I want. It's not the same when I'm with my mom. It's like such, such a random scene, actually. Um, I'm not sure how it ties in with the rest of the movie <laughs> at all. But it's this weird scene where she's just like mentioning that it's not okay for her to eat as much as she actually wants in front of people. And that that's a thing for women. And he's all like, really? I didn't know that one. She's like, yeah, never. Two things to never say to a woman is talk about how much they're eating or their weight. It was completely, it didn't add anything to the storyline, but it was so interesting that they added that in there. And it's just this reminder that that shit's everywhere. Like mm. what people think of you is something that we are being trained and conditioned to care about. And it's very hard to combat it especially on your own and the more that we focus on it right like the more that we question it every single day we go out and we eat as much as we want in spite of how others will think or as much as we take action in the face of fear of what others will think only when we do that with like a couple seconds of courage can we start to realize like oh I didn't die this is actually okay that's actually a bullshit story that's being sold to me every direction that I look at. And you just reminded me of that. That's nice. I mean, it's a nice story. <laughs> well, it's just, it's just an important realization. I feel like for you, that's yeah. some, that's like a big thing that you went through because it was, it's really hard to mm -hmm. like, to face the possibility that maybe you won't be perceived in the exact way that you want to, but the reality is you never were. Whatever you thought people thought of you, that you thought you were controlling, none of that's true because everyone else perceives you in a certain way based on the, like the context of their life, how yeah. they grew up, what messages they received. That is what determines if they think you're a nice person or an approachable person or a kind person or a smart person. Like people in America think that I'm smart only because I have an Australian accent. True story. Or like Americans will often think that UK accents or whatever it is like makes them smarter. What? Yeah. You know, it's like you can't, you just can't control that shit. Well, that's very American. That that doesn't happen here <laughs> a lot. Well, that's because you're, you know, you're all from there. Like you're all living over there together in the same clump of land. Yeah. What I just thought of when you said this, <clears throat> I think it's interesting how different the backgrounds are when you look at the girls in the society. Because like you just said, a lot of girls get that ingrained from their moms. They have to watch their shape. They have to eat a certain amount or certain things or they have to behave or dress or they cannot walk out of the door without makeup on or their hair made up and um yeah I I message with a lot of girls in the society um apart from the community calls and it's really interesting how everything um leads up to HA for them and their behavior or orthorexia whatever um and it's so interesting to like when I go back, I have no idea how I got there because my mom and my dad, they never, also my sisters, they never made a big deal about food. Food was never an issue. We just had whatever was there. Nobody cared if it was like half a portion or five. 
that was never an issue and body shapes were never discussed in the family. So it's interesting that we, we tend to think that you have to come from a screwed up family or your family has this screwed up um, beliefs of how girls need to be in society. Yeah, it's, it's not always. It can no. always be. I think for me, it was belief to some extent. Because also in my circle of friends, like none of my friends work out. Not, none of my friends are orthorexic. None of my friends, like all of my friends said, I'm crazy for going for a run at 5.30 in the morning or going to the gym. All of them. So it's so interesting how we ourselves can get us into situations just with our brain power. And that's, that's exactly what gave me the power, the willpower to, to go into recovery. Because I knew if I can get myself into this without help of anyone else, I can also get myself out of there. Oh, uh, I love that quote. I like that a lot. I just came up with this. Yeah. By Elizabeth Wynn. Um, <laughs> yeah, because that that's very true and I have a similar like story as well where I didn't have any kind of like messed up food was in abundance and I raced my dad to get seconds because I wanted to eat it you know whereas mm. like a lot of people would feel like no the you know I've been around people where they've served the men more food and I know that my mother grew up in a home of six kids where the the men got their plate first and then the women got theirs after like we're it's just super weird none of that was a thing for me it was really just like um marketing marketing models magazines fashion mm -hmm. that being um constantly thrown in front of me as like this is what this item of clothing should look like on a person and then putting it on and being like well I don't look like that really got to me over a long period of time um mm -hmm. And, and that has nothing to do with my parents. Yeah. yeah. And you know, what's even more frustrating when you lose 20 pounds or 30 pounds or whatever, and you still don't look great in, in that stuff. Yeah. You still like, you still look like shit. I mean, then you walk into the shop or you're like, you're looking at the clothing on the mannequin. You're like, it didn't look like that on me. And then you walk inside and you see in the back that they actually just bulldog clipped the outfit yeah. onto the back. And it doesn't even sit that way on anyone mm. it's a mannequin and they do that on yeah. models as well I did um an apprenticeship as a uh assistant to a photographer for a magazine called Marie Claire um in Australia I don't know if they have it anywhere else yeah, have it here. oh there you go so I did that and so they have like the fashion editorials and I was assisting and they have people coming in doing all they bulldog clip to the back of her thing so um of her blazer so that like they're the blazer came in more at her waist and that so if someone goes and buys that jacket it will not look like that hey are you trying to recover and maybe even fall pregnant naturally i thought that might be you and if so we have created our best ever yet resource for you totally free this is a master class i've called it my master class because i have put everything into this, right? This masterclass is designed for you if you have HA or have had HA and are dealing with suboptimal cycles and you're serious about restoring those babies to full optimization and you want to create the ideal foundation for a pregnancy. This is going to be for you. So in this masterclass, I'm going to provide you a lot of things, including a lot of case studies mine, Ashley's and Mishi's, as well as lots of our past clients and what their challenges were and what they had to do to overcome it. And we cover a really wide variety of types of cases of HA. So everything from primary amenorrhea and missing periods for years and years to short-term amenorrhea and what we did to handle that situation as well and how long it took these people to go from HA to pregnant with this system and how long it took them to go from HA to ovulating, of course, with this system. So lots of information, lots of case studies, lots of stats. 
we go through why this is not a weight gain plan and how we actually divide you into phases, the three phases of HA and determine what your starting point is so that you have a good idea of where you need to start with your actual changes and lifestyle and nutrition changes. We even cover questions like HA and people with a normal BMI and recovery for people who have had HA for too long. There's so much in this 60-minute masterclass. Y'all, I'm impressed. And at the end, I'll also be running you through how to get a free HTMA, hair tissue mineral analysis through us, which is a part of our process for recovery and preconception clients that we're happily going to give you for free 99 as a massive thank you, of course, for joining the masterclass. So go to the hasociety.com forward slash masterclass or head to our website and you'll find a link for it and find when the next available presentation is going to be. That's the hasociety.com forward slash masterclass. Exactly. It's false advertising and they're doing all kinds of things like that um, constantly. And it's very eye-opening and we're all affected by it. Mm. Okay, we digress. So you got, you started like working through all of those things, making moves, taking action, but no period yet. Like what's going on? Yeah, so there were a lot of, a lot of changes, positive changes. Like I said before, the joy of living um, and then the freedom around going on trips, for example, because I used to pack tons of snacks when we, whenever we went somewhere or the most important thing about choosing hotels were the gym opening hours or um, their restaurant menu. So that was a lot of way out of the way. Um, yeah anything being around friends that every everything just became easier but at a certain point I became frustrated when nothing happened well there were some signs that um I was um approaching closer to the cycle my body temperature uh increased a lot and then my heart rate um was became quicker my digestion uh, got better my food intolerances were not as severe anymore so I could tolerate a lot more foods um, and I could could notice a pattern because I did I tracked my cycle even though I didn't have a real cycle but I just wanted to know what was going on I started taking my temperature every day um, tracking cervical mucus and I realized okay there's certainly something going on um, and then it came to the point where um, I thought, okay, I'm, I'm getting older. My husband's getting older. If we want to start a family, then I have to do something. And then he actually came home with a telephone number of a gynecologist who is also a fertility specialist. And he said, you know what, just call this guy. Um, and um, yeah, I did call this guy. And then we just had our first first appointment he said you know what let's just not wait any longer because in Austria you get financial aid under the age of 40 when you want to do IVF um, so that's why we that's when we decided to start and before you do IVF you have to try naturally and you have to prove that you try it naturally or with just the aid of Clomid, um, and then when that doesn't work, then they do IVF and then they pay for it. Um, so I did two rounds of Clomid with yeah ovulation trigger shots, and nothing happened. And then we took a month off because of traveling, and my husband was gone. And all of a sudden, I noticed egg white cervical mucus, and I'm like, hmm, this is interesting. The magical vacation. Yes. slash patients slash when you start doing um treatment you kind of like relax a little bit for some reason mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, you just don't also when you think it's all regulated by some kind of medication you stress about it less and I think that was one mm -hmm. major point not stressing about it not 
waking up every morning, waiting what the temperature shows. Yeah. Did the temperature go up? Wiping every every time you wipe yourself, you feel like okay, this there needs to be something. And <laughs> anxiety and hope and oh, it's so annoying. And then when you when you do something to distract yourself from this. I think my body realized that I was letting go of this control, which is still something yeah. that I need to learn. This is the hardest part about it for everyone almost. Yeah. And it's the hardest part about like the work that we do because we need to all be looking at it and concentrating on it. But also how can we get you to not really do that at the same time? Like how can we get you to look at, to like track the data, but then forget about it and mm. go on with your day. And how can we get more people to not just, you know, relax on vacation, but learn to do that a bit better day to day? Like how can we bring vac vacation vibes into our regular life? And it's very difficult yeah. to, to balance the both. <sighs> but then it just appeared. It appeared. that my first recovery period. And, and it was, I was so confused too, because like we were going um, sort of back and forth with like, okay, now I'm doing this Clomid and that, like there, there was lots of things you had to do and like boxes you had to check at this point. So it was hard to keep up with where yeah. you were at and what you were doing. And so I was like, wait, so this period is natural. Yeah. Also my doctor had me come in because I told him what was going on and he had me come in for an ultrasound and he said, well, that's what I forgot to mention before. He yeah. said, well, there's, there's something growing. So it was a follicle, not something yes. else. Yeah. 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 We're probably confusing <laughs> people. Yes. So you saw your ovaries had um, a follicle that looked almost to the appropriate size for ovulation. Exactly. And it just bloody happened. And this is not a unique story, people, you know, in that sense that like you can be checking the boxes but if you're not doing that sort of kind of like giving yourself a break and, and doing that mindset work and finding a way to put it almost in the hands of someone else, right? Like you're able to put it in the hands of medicine and yeah. say, I'm stepping back. Not everyone can do that exact thing. Not everyone's going into the hands of medicine, but like, can you find a way to step back? but keep working on this. Yeah, it's very hard to, especially, I mean, girls in this situation, they, they always, most of the time, love to be in control and be in charge and know mm -hmm. what's going on and know their temperature every day and know everything. And want to control how it's yeah. looking, right? Yeah. And that's exactly the thing that we need to learn to stop doing. Because yeah. this is, I mean... Clearly for me, it was the stress that was holding me back from ovulating. Um, and I mean, you can tell, you can tell a person to stressless, but it's so hard. I mean, how, how do you stress less? Yeah, just relax, you know? And the more you relax, yeah. did you tell a person to relax, the more they get tense and frustrated and angry because it has to happen, you know? It, it's just, I don't understand why it doesn't happen for me. And this is stress on your brain which is stress on your body which is stress on your ovaries and yeah yep 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 it's almost like the lesson here is gosh i don't know what do you think the lesson has been the lesson has been and i think it is for a lot of us to just and I mean, it sounds so odd and I didn't understand why everyone said it, but once I did it, I knew what everyone was talking about, but it's just trust your body and let go of the control. Because even if we do all the things, we take all the supplements and we, we sit instead of walk and we don't, we drive to work. We take the elevator instead of the stairs. We eat full fat instead of low fat. And still nothing's going on. And then there's still something we are holding on to because we control every single aspect that goes into recovery. 
because mm. we don't we did the other thing 100 we worked out 100 we dieted 100 we controlled everything 100 and now we do recovery 100 yeah but doing 100 often keeps us from getting where we want to go so mm. maybe just do 80 percent and give <laughs> put those 20 percent in your trust trust your body and like what an amazing skill to be able to sort of show up check the boxes that you know you need to do and then detach it's super hard and yeah you and Ashley always said trust your body you need to trust your body and I was like what are they talking about I do trust my body but no I didn't well, you, yeah, we, we think we're trusting it, but, but we're not, right? Because we're always still trying to control it and trying to make it comply. Like, yeah. this was a very condensed version of your story. Like, let's be real. Because it, we could go down the, the rabbit hole of being like, I thought that I was not working out and that I was only doing yoga. But then yeah. on second thought, remember when you realized, like, you were still doing pretty intense yoga? It's mm. like, you were still trying to control something. Yeah. And it's our, our sneaky behaviors. I don't care if you have an eating disorder, if you don't, like you have some kinds of behaviors that are sneaky and that keep trying to control things. And so there's that's happening. And we're over here worrying about like, why this is not going to work for me. I'm unique. I'm special, but like, we're really still holding on to some of these behaviors because we're, trying to control the whole thing it's like I will get my period back without having to completely change whatever it is right xyz not having to gain weight not having to completely change my routine shit maybe for some of us we need to change our job and like we don't want to face it but this is not a small thing right ha is a reflection of Mm -hmm. something that's going on in our life and if you are eating enough and if you are resting enough and it's still not back we need to look at what are you holding on to what are you still trying to control what are you afraid of what are you ruminating on and like you're saying trust your body and when you ask like what does well what does that mean it means know that if you stop trying to control it and stop trying to tell it what to do and give it everything that it needs then it will take the reins. I also just remembered when you were talking something about comparison, because mm-hmm. comparison is really a really big issue in HA. Yeah. But in in my I have an example where comparison actually made me realize what you said before that I was still too doing too much. Because first when I did my daily workouts, well when I was in my deepest HA, I did three to four workouts a day. So I would start with um, cardio in the morning, then yoga before lunch, and then a brisk walk in the afternoon. And at night, I would always do abs or um, glutes workout. Um, God forbid anything came <laughs> came uh, in between my schedule. Um, and then I started comparing myself to, well, it wasn't intentional, but friends of mine would say why do you do so much how can you keep up with this routine every day well I wouldn't be able to do this but at the same time they were like oh I wish I had your dedication I wish I had your willpower to do this because I should work out more so that's what also encourages you to keep doing this Mm -hmm. and then once I dialed back my workouts and I was only doing yoga six days a week one strength workout once a week which I justified um, because I had to do it because of my bone issues I don't want to get weak bones so that's why I have to do one strength workout a week okay um yeah so I was doing only morning yoga and then I, I spoke to a friend at work or a colleague at work and she said why are you here so early I said well I get up very early every day and I do yoga every morning and she said, you do yoga every morning? I have to drag myself to one weekly yoga class and you do this every morning? Are you crazy? <laughs> and I was like, hmm, I thought I was lazy for only doing yoga one day, <laughs> once a day. Like, Perspective, Ooh. huh? Yeah. 
And, and then what was the biggest eye-opener for me was when we had this live class in the HA Society, this live yoga class. Mm. Yeah, with Ashley know. or was it? Yeah, uh, I think so. I, I, don't, I don't remember the name, but there were only a few people. And then we did, I think it was half an hour yoga flow. And then I was like, okay, so this is restorative yoga, not what I do every morning. Yeah, I, her name was Ashley Tully. Yeah. And right. I actually just put that up on the YouTube channel, the recording of that. for just oh. I was just like, you know what? Everyone can have this. Yeah. Um, so cool. That was helpful for you. Wait, so why, yeah. why was that helpful? Because that's what made me realize that I'm still too, doing too much, although I thought I'm not oh, doing right, anything right. anymore. Yeah. And, and I remember because you and I were talking a lot during that time. And yeah. so I remember being shocked to find out about your realization. Yeah. I was like, what do you mean? You've been doing jumping jacks? Yeah. <laughs> so I do yoga. I don't want to, no, I don't, I'm not saying it. I'm not going to do any advertising, yeah. but I, there's this guy that does yoga classes and it looks so easy and it was so easy, but it always depends where you come from. When you come from four workouts a day, and this what's your intention? yoga class is nothing. But then I once did it with my sister and my cousin and they were like dying next to me. And I'm like, what's wrong with them? It's just, it's just yoga. That's an important thing too, right? Like your version, HA is you listening, um, you know, your version of not a big workout or an easy workout is very different to the average person. Yeah. And that's why very I said different. comparison is good in, in a way when you, when you do it with the right person and not the wrong person. So compare yourself to a healthy person who has a healthy relationship with food, mm. who has a regular menstrual cycle. And even then it's dangerous because you never mm. know what genetics are behind that person. But that's, if you need to compare yourself to somebody, compare yourself with a person like this and not an Instagram avatar or something. Yeah. Yes. Search true. Like we'll all compare, but I think it's also super important to just make sure you're not picking and choosing what you're comparing, right? It's like, yeah. I wish to compare myself to this person's workout routine and what they eat, but I do not wish to compare myself to, you know, the fact that they're only, so that they also get like 10 hours of sleep a night. They don't have any kids. They only work part-time like the things that clearly make it show that they have less stress on their plate right than you have but you right. only want to compare yourself to like why you're similar and so thus why you don't have age like you shouldn't have aj or mm -hmm. you shouldn't have to rest more or whatever because like she's not uh, just yeah uh, comparison is very sneaky and that voice in your head that we were talking about before is trying to get you only to look at what it wants you to see yeah yep. oh, so good okay and now um where are you today i'm at the end of my first trimester <laughs> and i can't wait for the nausea phase to be over yeah Pregnant, pregnant. The whole point for you—that's not true. You wanted to recover. You wanted your health back, yeah, but like the pinnacle, right? This was such a huge goal a year ago. You probably were worried it wasn't ever going to happen, and here it is. Because you went like because you persevered through all of the shit, yeah. so much shit, so uphill, all the comparison all of the letdown all of the hoping and the waiting and the fear and all of the wins as well which help keep you going but I think that you were so like you're such an exceptional example of someone who persevered and just like knew that it could happen like knew that it was worth it yeah and I'm so proud of you thank you it's especially hard and I want to say this to everyone who takes longer to recover because it's so frustrating when people come in and out of a group mm, yeah, getting yeah. their periods after just I only 
went all in for six weeks and it happened all of a sudden and then two weeks later <sighs> a month later they even fall pregnant and then you're still sitting there getting bigger and bigger getting lazier and lazier and still nothing's happening and then but those things keep coming I don't know how long yeah it's been it's gonna be I don't know one and a half years that I joined the society about yeah, that. something like that something solid and I cannot tell you how many people got their period back while I was sitting there waiting um and at the beginning it was frustrating but then you say okay it, it's gonna happen for me too so yeah. you just keep pushing and pushing yeah. and pushing and then you realize okay with after a while you know what's going on and then you can even help other people and I remember so many times after our community calls that girls would send me messages or after sometimes even after they listen to the recordings mm-hmm. they sent me messages that I'm my my what I said was so motivating and they they really appreciate what I said and they can relate to what I said and that made me really happy yeah, that was another yeah, reason yeah. why I love this community because yeah what we say there matters to people totally doesn't it feel good to just like have that validation yeah and that's the magic or the joy of just sharing and just being vulnerable and being open right like you never helped anyone with your six-pack exactly but you help people every single time you share something that's hard for you or you share a piece of advice because someone's going through something that you've been through that is so liberating and that also like it feeds itself too I think that's one of the values of community as well you go through it on your own you're in a bubble but you go through it with someone and then you're giving advice and and like when you give someone advice you're kind of giving that to yourself as well yeah and you just you want like everyone's doing this with you and so you're just like well I guess I'll just keep going and it just it's just like a self-feeding ecosystem It's really, and it's really amazing when you decide to open up about something where you're where you first not sure if this is something mm-hmm. I want to be open about and I want to share. And then you start talking about something and you see eyes getting bigger. And then all of a sudden, when you get it out, you have like 10 heads no, nodding, nodding. like <laughs> silently applauding. Really? And like, oh yeah. And I'm like, hmm, I'm not alone in there. So yeah, yeah it's really rewarding. Yeah. Well, it's been a very big honor to be along for the ride of your journey and seeing all the progress. And definitely when we have people where it's like taken a long time, you know, like this recovery is over a year, maybe even longer. It's the most fulfilling thing in the world for us to watch as well. So Thank you. Thank you for your help. You've been, you've really been, you've really been great and you still are. And yeah, I don't know where I would be without you guys. Yeah. And now Elizabeth like researches stuff for us because she's so good at it. (laughs) So yeah. So blog posts and YouTube videos and stuff coming out. I've often got the touch of Elizabeth, to help us fact check our stuff, which we are so appreciative. So having you in our life is just a benefit all around. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, do you want people to be able to reach out to you if they? Yeah, sure. My my Instagram is public, and it's um Lizzy L I S I dot W E N D T Lizzy Vent. Okay. Yeah, and just. Find me, come hang out. Contact right. me if you want to, or in the society if you are a member. Yeah, even better. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you sharing your story. Well deserved. Congratulations on your little baby. Thank Do you, you know the gender yet? No, I'll know in three weeks. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> well, great. Everyone have a fantastic day. Thank you for hanging out with us and we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Hey there, it's me, Danny, and I want to tell you about Temp Drop as a fertility awareness method tracking option. So many of you guys know that we actually recommend the fertility awareness method both as you're going through recovery and 
100% after you have gotten some cycles back and you're starting to move forward for the rest of your reproductive years. So TempDrop itself is a wearable fertility monitor and we love it. It's a wearable device. So you put it around your arm and you can use that instead of taking your temperature manually with a thermometer each morning. So I'm personally a big fan of the manual tracking. All of us at the HA Society are. And that's the method that we use, you know, just using a good old thermometer. We use that with our clients because it's the best way to use it as a diagnostic tool, as a practitioner. And it's also the best way to ensure if you're trying to avoid pregnancy that you don't get pregnant. However, manual temping for many reasons is just not always an option. When you're in the middle of recovery, again, we do recommend manual temping. But once you're cycling, the temp drop is actually a really great hack. So it gives you basically everything you need to effortlessly track your fertility status, like where you are in your monthly cycle. So you wear the temp drop sensor while you're sleeping for accurate basal body temperature readings without the stress of early morning wake-ups. So I personally love this because with a toddler, my wake-up times are all over the place and the occasional sleep disruptions make using an oral thermometer a lot more difficult. So TempDrop's accompanying charting app enables you to track an array of symptoms alongside your basal body temperature. This includes tracking your cervical mucus, if you've been using OPKs, and then it also gives you sleep insights too. So you can combine these fertility signs all in one place, and that will help you identify your fertile window, confirm ovulation, plan for your period. And if you're trying to get pregnant, you know, identify whether or not you are pregnant. So whether you're trying to conceive or avoiding pregnancy, or you want to chart for health reasons like HA recovery, making sure your cycle is not slipping back in the HA direction, TempDrop makes fertility awareness accessible to all women, even if you don't have regular cycles or sleeping patterns. So track your ovulation in real time with the TempDrop, and we are lucky enough to have a 15% off code. So if you go to their website, they're usually having a sale, but you can stack this code on top of the existing code. So just go to tempdrop.thehasociety.com and use the code AFHA Society. I think too, if you just go to tempdrop.com and, and use um, AFHA Society at the checkout, that will work too. So happy temping and good luck. This episode is brought to you by Grassland Nutrition Beef Liver Capsules. Did you know that in terms of nutrient density, beef liver actually blows vegetables and fruits out of the water? If you're a client of mine, you have already been instructed to eat beef liver either fresh or in capsule form. I recommend it for anyone and everyone who is, of course, dealing with amenorrhea and fertility challenges out there, but I may even recommend it for just everyone in general. Get your husbands on it. Get your partners on it. If you have a history of HA and add on top of that, maybe a history of the pill, maybe you've been pregnant before, you know, through treatments or other, like you've just, your body's been through anything, you know, you're absolutely 100% dealing with a nutrient deficiency of some kind. And while it's true that testing is going to be the best way to understand those exact deficiencies, Eating nutrient-dense real food is going to be one of the most important next steps that you take with or without testing. So I've been using and recommending Grassland Nutrition Beef Liver Capsules for years now. And the capsule form makes it so easy to get your liver in every day. And I appreciate the transparency of this product in particular above others. So in case you're wondering, it's completely natural this is freeze-dried beef liver in capsules. It's organic. It's made from Australian beef. And my favorite of their products is the liver with kelp because of the iodine from the kelp, which is important for overall thyroid function, which is often low in women with underperforming hormones. So rather than eat seaweed snacks every day, I get to take this beef liver with the kelp for my iodine. So if you're recovering or working on a fertility journey right now, do not skimp the nutrient 
rich source of beef liver. Get 10% off your order with the HA Society and support your favorite podcast along the way. They ship to most countries, so you should be covered. Just go to grasslandnutrition.net and use HA Society, just HA Society, at the checkout for the 10% off. That's grasslandnutrition.net with the code HA Society. Thank you so much for listening today, guys. Please subscribe to the podcast. And if you could head to iTunes specifically and leave a rating or review, that would help so much because it makes it easier for other people with HA who are Googling around to find the podcast really easily. So if you do that, you're doing a service to all of the women.